Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. My name is Andrew Beam. And I'm Corey Dempsey. So we've gathered here today, but this time Corey is actually going to be on the phone. And for the first time, we're actually going to have our guest in person instead and not on the computer. So this is the first time we're going to redo this where Corey is going to be on, you know, doing this virtually other than just the introductions we've done before. But joining me in our little studio here in Troy, New York, our very good friend, Eric Roberts. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. And I'm really excited to be a part of this. Awesome. Well, what Eric is joining us for is we're going to do another Versus episode or another Twin Films episode, I guess is what we can call this. And we're going to be pitting again again another two, another two movies that came out same year and that basically cover the exact same uh, topic. So, uh, yeah. I think uh, I think Twister versus Night of the Twisters was at least a, a good introduction to how that's going to go, and um, I think uh, I think this one it's going to be a little easier to figure out maybe who won. Actually, the last one was pretty easy to figure out, but I Night of the Twisters almost got me there. Yeah, I think that Twister was by far the superior movie, but Night of the Twisters was a lot of fun. In this case, I think we have two that. This time we're on an equal playing field. You know, one is not a made-for-TV movie, which is important. Yeah. So, in this case, we're going to have two that are more on an even playing field with one another. And we'll have Beam introduce them in just a moment so, uh, with his Bruce Buffer voice. Really so, pumped about it. So, Corey, unfortunately, um, he, he did end up drinking after that episode that we did. I don't know whose fault that was. I don't know if it was the circumstances, if it was just Corey himself. But Corey did end up drinking. But we're here to say again that he is, he is, he's going through another dry month. He's restarted the dry month. Is that correct, Corey? I'm going to try. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, uh, as we like to do, we're, we do have a themed beer for this one. I think actually very much ties in because no matter how you present it, no matter how you tell the public about what's about to happen to them, there's always going to be mass hysteria, which is why I'm going to drink, or Eric and I are going to drink, District 96 mass hysteria. They, you know, Coming out of New City, drove down there the other day. Nice little drive down there. Again, Corey's, I guess, going to drink tea. And Eric, let's get into this beer. Love it. And this is an IPA? IPA. Great. A New England-style IPA. Those are my favorite types of IPAs. Yeah, those are good ones. Yeah. All right. Well, let's crack it. All right, so to introduce these films, we have Bruce Buffer Beam. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only event of the evening, sanctioned by absolutely no one. Our three judges scoring the contest this evening are Corey Dempsey, Andrew Beam, and Eric Roberts. There is no referee because, again, why would we have a referee for something like this? Really got to take this out of the script. And now, for those in attendance and the one or two people listening around the world, ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Live, but again, not really. It's being recorded in Troy, New York. 
It's time! Five rounds for the best movie about coping with an oncoming comet in 1998. Introducing first, the summer blockbuster event of 1988. 1988. 1998, featuring Bruce Willis, Liv Tyler, Billy Bob Thornton, and I guess Ben Affleck. Armageddon! And their opponent, the sci-fi... Well, we're going to go with drama that was released two months before Armageddon, featuring Morgan Freeman, Robert Duvall, T.A. Leone, and, oh yeah, Elijah Wood. Deep Impact! Alright, so I feel like the place that we need to begin with this, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about the talent involved, but I feel like the only logical place to begin with these two movies is to talk about the vastly different approaches that they took to the subject matter. So obviously, both have the exact same premise. A comet is coming to Earth. It's going to destroy everything. How do we stop this? And really, that's the only similarity, because from there, they just take completely different approaches to deal with that. One looks at it in a more humanistic way, trying to tell the story of how we as people are going to deal with it. And the other is just like more, you know, American flag fucking we're going to stop this thing. And that's really all it's about. I I didn't get too much patriotism from from Armageddon, I guess. But what I will say is that I actually think that what? Oh, well, actually, you know what? The scene where you got Bruce Willis with the fucking, you know, American flag in the background. That's the one that stands out to me the most. I forget where he's just saying, like, we're going to do this or something. Or no, give them this night off or something like that is when he was having that conversation. But Dude, this is the most right-wing American fucking movie. You have oil drillers fucking saving the planet. And the only thing that they want is to never pay taxes again. This is the fucking most right-wing American movie ever, and I fucking love it, even though, you know, very liberal, as we've discussed many times. Like, no, no, no. It's, I don't give a shit. It's awesome. I, I do obviously think that it's, yeah, clearly very conservative-leaning in terms of what you're, what you're talking about there when, when you do frame it like that. Um, but no, it's fun as shit. It's, uh, it's but, so much fun. But what I also think is interesting, though, is that I think it actually covers the humanistic part of it, like the human part of it, better than Deep Impact does. I agree with you, and I think it's because it's not trying to like hammer you over the head with it, and I think it, I think it has just a more focused story. When you think about Deep Impact, you have like five or six different storylines going on. You have the president and the reporter, you have Tobey Maguire and his love interest, Lily Sobiusi. Which, what the fuck? I, but we'll talk yeah, about what that. The fuck? We'll talk about that. You have the space mission with Robert Duvall and his younger counterparts. And so there's all these different storylines that are not really tied together. In Armageddon, you have one focused storyline that's just like, how are we going to fucking stop this thing? And then everything else is weaved into that storyline. So it feels much tighter and much, much sleeker in terms of like, even though it's a two and a half hour movie, it still feels like kind of a breeze when you're watching it because it just flows. Didn't even feel like it. I was just more concerned. We watched it yesterday morning and 
I the my only concern is that it was just butting up against something I had to be at. Like it was one of those things where like I don't want this. To, I don't want to leave. Like there's no reason I need to get up and leave right now. Oh wait, there is. But what I think is interesting though is that you know putting it as the there's a there's a comet coming. How do we deal with this? And then it just everything else like kind of falls out from there. Just everything kind of revolves around that. That's kind of how it would be in real life. Like if you really think about it, it's like okay, here's the main concern, and everything else is just a reaction to it at that stage. And that's just how it would yeah, be absolutely. here. It would be and and anyways, yeah. Obviously, we're gonna go through the, the 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 few different differences, or not the differences, but the connections that we see in this film and how they handled each one of those. But yeah, overall, in terms of handling an asteroid, or in terms of sorry, in terms of uh, you know covering the topic or the subject of an oncoming uh, comet, Armageddon just 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 does it much better. I think to add on to what Beam just said is Armageddon focuses on what's going on, like in space, you know, mm. where deep impact is like that, but also how the world is reacting to it. You know, we saw the president a few times in Armageddon, but he didn't have a huge presence at all. Um, no, I for the longest time, I think when we were talking about the movie presidents, we just we thought about Armageddon like there's no president. There was. I just didn't remember him. <laughs> I mean, there's a president, but he has two scenes one's like the speech at the end and which is terrible. the first one is like when he's figuring it out yeah i mean he's not an important player in this and he he doesn't really have a role and you know one of the things that i think is important that you were talking about is from a from a concept standpoint deep impact should be the better movie yeah when you just think about it like you know you're trying to talk about the apocalypse is coming what is the human response going to be? And like that has potentially like Oscar, you know, awards ambitions to it when you just think about that premise. But what I think is brilliant about deep or what's brilliant about Armageddon is it realizes that this is kind of a ridiculous premise. Yeah. Not ridiculous in the sense that like, you know, this could happen. This is a very realistic thing. But it realizes that this whole plan to send nukes at a fucking spaceship or at a comet is kind of fucking absurd. So let's treat it as such and let's just have some fucking fun with it. And so because it's kind of self-aware and well, I I don't know whether it's self-aware or not. I actually don't know that it it does. (laughs) The end product is self-aware. Like when you think about it, you know, it knows what it is, even if that wasn't the intention, what comes out of it is, is you know, a brilliant action movie about the end of the world. And it works. It works on every level. And it's it's funnier. It's more entertaining. And through the story that it's telling, it ends up pulling on the heartstrings a little bit. And, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But it, it really does, like, elicit an emotional response from you, even though it's kind of a silly movie it's it's epically silly you bought into all the character stories you know their sort of the offshooting themes like sort of obviously you know the 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 love interest part or just the the romance part or whatever they don't they don't interrupt the story too much and they don't distract from it too much in terms of what the main point of it is so it's uh which in deep impact i just could have cared the less no they don't even talk about their backgrounds like i know from armageddon owen wilson was riding a cowboy you know the one guy was a tattoo dude he was riding a cowboy yeah he was riding a cowboy like you know horse right oh my god yeah he's riding a horse <laughs> i guess he was a cowboy riding a horse 
that would be strange. We don't know that he wasn't riding cowboys. I have no idea. He, he seemed a pretty loosey goosey kind of guy. He did. I guess my point was they had a backstory, whereas in Deep Impact, I did not care for them really. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jenny, like with Jenny Lerner and her, you know, reporter, you know, her advancement in her career, which out of nowhere she's an anchor. Like it just, you know. I, I just didn't care. And like, it also felt the way she was reacting to her father and his, you know, his new wife, like, felt a little unfair. I'm an orphan. You know, when the mom dies, like, I feel like an orphan. Really? But anyway. Sorry, spoiler, the mom dies. But we don't even really need her very much. So you don't care, really. No, and, you know, that's the thing is, you know, we're going to go through the talent a little bit. And where I want to start is the screenwriters. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the two screenwriters for Deep Impact were Bruce Joel Rubin and Michael Tolkien. And, you know, when you when you think about those two, they don't have massive IMDb credits. Bruce, Bruce Joel Rubin, his main one was Ghost, the Patrick Swayze Demi Moore film from 1990. It's classic. Really, really good movie. Classic, but really emotional and really just kind of, you know, a romance drama. And then Michael Tolkien, his main one is The Player, which 1992 with Tim Robbins, kind of an awesome satire about Hollywood. So I was hoping, you know, when when you just look at the credits, you would hope that maybe he could inject some humor. But Deep Impact really is a humorless movie. There is nothing funny that happens in it. I don't think anyone even laughs in that movie. I, I actually don't. I think Morgan Freeman gives a smirk. A good chuckle. You know, like uh, when he knows what kind of situation they're in with a reporter. After they've kidnapped her. Yes, we know. <laughs> it's humorless. And then when you look at the credits on Armageddon and. Well, hold on. You know, I've read Tolkien, Tolkien, Tolkien did Changing Lanes with Ben Affleck and Samuel Jackson. Another humorless thriller <laughs> that is no fun. Yeah. And then also Escape from Tanamora, which, I mean, that just hits close to home. Yeah. Nothing going on there. But when you, yeah, when you look at who, who fucking wrote Armageddon. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of things, you know, Armageddon had a lot of people who kind of like script doctor it. There's a lot of uncredited writers, but just with the credited writers, you have Jonathan Hensley, who did Die Hard with a Vengeance. Fucking incredible movie. Already knows how to work with Bruce. Already knows how to write for Bruce. Absolutely. You have J.J. Abrams, who did Mission Impossible 3, a personal favorite of ours. He worked with Star Wars, um, The Force Awakens, which... You know, really good, actually, in terms of the Star Wars universe. And then, you know, he was a main player in Lost. Mm-hmm. And then you also have Tony Gilroy, who did Deep. four yeah. out of the five Bourne movies. And he also did Michael Clayton. And Michael Clayton is fucking incredible. It's amazing. So, like, when you just look at the talent involved, from purely just that standpoint, I think we understand why Armageddon just does a better job of injecting humor into this singular storyline and injecting feeling into these storylines. It was, uh, it's a bit unfair. If you, if we really, you know, Deep Impact was, was working a little shorthanded. You have J.J. Abrams on a script, Tony Gilroy, and then also fucking Michael Bay is directing it. Like, what are you yeah. going to do? What are you going to do against that? Like, oh, exactly. oh we're going to so- work with the asteroid here. I mean, the comet. Sorry. I know. Sorry. Don't want to keep mixing that up. One thing, though, I did look up. The budget for Armageddon was twice as much. Well, yeah. So just Just think of the think of the star power of which they had in that, too. I mean, you had classic bit bit actors, too, with Steve Buscemi. 
fuck yeah. Yeah, so before we get to the cast, real quick, I just want to talk about that directorial difference. Because with Deep Impact, you have Mimi Letter, who, when you look at her IMDb, there is not much else going on apart from Deep Impact. And then with Armageddon, you have Michael Bay. And Michael Bay has a lot of misses. I fucking hate the Transformers series. I think they're terrible. (laughs) You know, he's got a bunch that just don't really work at all. But at the same time, he has four action movies that are in the Hall of Fame. Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2, The Rock, and Armageddon. I thought you were just going to list off. fucking Hall of Fame action movies. I thought you were just going to list off just the entire Bad Boys franchise. (laughs) Well, he didn't do the Dylan, Dylan, (laughs) Dylan. I mean, he didn't do the third one, but he produced it. He didn't direct, but like, Bad Boys for Life was fucking awesome, too. Real quick, just aside. Okay. Bad Boys for Life really clearly should have been the fourth one, and then the four could have been the number four. Really big missed opportunity for the Bad Boys franchise, but that's neither here nor there. I, you, you know that I haven't seen these. That's fucking stupid. I agree. Anyway, Michael Bay, I mean, he, he has a lot of misses, but in terms of just like action movie, pure entertainment, he has four that are just unrivaled and incredible. So like the directorial talent is just it, it's so clearly swayed towards Michael Bay. Yeah, this is this is 100% one of those movies. I, I agree that it, it should be included in said Hall of Fame. Yeah, and then, you know, Beam, you made a great point about the cast as well, that when you look at the cast differences, it does speak to this idea of, like, what are we trying to accomplish with this movie? Because, <laughs> you know, with Deep Impact, the two, two of the main characters are... Robert Duvall and Morgan Freeman, who are very serious actors, like very good actors, capable of taking on very serious and significant roles with, you know, tremendous credits throughout their career, a lot of awards, and rightfully so, they're they're great actors. Armageddon also has great actors, but they went a different route in the casting in that they really went for movie stars with charisma. You know, Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, and then they took the serious actors, you know, Ben Affleck before he lost his charisma and then gained it back a little bit later. But yeah, absolutely. Like Goodwill Hunting, early career. You are such a Ben Affleck stan. I mean, I appreciate it. it's, it's, It's one of the things I love about you. But man, you ride hard for Ben Affleck. Listen, I I think Ben Ben Affleck is just fascinating. Like (laughs) he has gone through all the ups and downs of anyone in like the history. Like. He has some of the most epic movie failures of all time, but he also has some of the greatest movies like in my catalog. Like I fucking love the town. I love Armageddon. I love Gone Girl. And so he has a lot of hits too. And I'm I'm willing to say that like Ben Affleck is great. I love Ben Affleck. I don't disagree. But he also does a lot of shitty movies. Yeah. I, I can't I can't disagree with you. I think I just like would hate on him just when everyone else was because it was just a thing to do, but I gotta give you, gotta give you some credit, Corey. Uh, I, I, you have opened my eyes to um, the treasure that Ben Affleck is to the world on many different levels. I mean, the memes people can make out of this guy just looking disappointed at everything. <laughs> no, it's great. And then you know, so you have the movie stars with a lot of charisma in kind of the lead roles, but then you get more serious actors into those minor parts who also have the ability to be funny. So like Billy Bob Thornton is a tremendous actor. You get him playing the NASA director. 
He's at his best in this. I think like he actually is absolutely killing it in this. I agree. I think Billy Bob Thornton is the best role in the movie. Like he is the glue that keeps this team together. Like he's the Draymond Green of this movie. Willing to play a little dirty. Everything ticking. Yeah, absolutely. And then Steve Buscemi, like just the best character actor, capable of doing funny, capable of doing serious, capable of doing anything. And you get him playing a minor role. And Will Patton, who's awesome. And Owen Wilson's in it. And just everyone shows up in this movie and they're all doing a great job. So, like, the cast to Armageddon is just tremendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Will, Will Patton's character in this, too. Like, a character you actually really pull for in it. But um, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the wife, the wife and kid storyline is, it's an emotional one. I have some problems with the wife, but, you know, we'll get to that later. That's fair enough. All right, do you want to get into the, uh, to the connections that we've made, or? Yeah, yeah, let's do, do it. Do the comparisons? The first one that I think that we need to discuss here is the governmental response, because they were actually two, I don't know if it's very different, but they definitely were different approaches. Yeah, for sure. You know, we talked a lot in the presidential election podcast about Tom Beck's response to it and how, you know, he was pretty shady in the way he went about it. He went to great lengths to keep it under wraps, which ultimately I think was probably a good decision because you're keeping the narrative in your control, but also like fucking shady as shit. But also really a really hilarious disconnect between everyone involved. The reporter thinking that we're talking about a woman named Ellie who is in a, in an affair with the secretary of state or the treasury treasury. Sorry. So the treasury secretary thinking that he's having some sort of affair and the treasury secretary thinking that, she actually has the real story. President thinking the same exact thing. And I think this is where he kind of smirks when he realizes, oh, she doesn't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> um, after she was kidnapped. Yes. Yes. After she was kidnapped by the FBI. And kind of at the behest of the president. And then the president's main aide, I will say this again, should we hold her? And then the president reemphasizing the reason why I'm letting you go. I'm just, anyways, so that's weird, but yeah, so anyways, I don't know, like, you know, he was, again, kind of forced to reveal the information, because it's like, yeah, we got, we got to do it. I mean, Eric, what do you think? Do you think that was the right approach in terms of how he came about it? I think so. I mean, she, the the reporter was stunned, she kind of put on the the spot there, because she was thinking something totally different. But I think he handled it in a in a more realistic way, I think, like freezing prices of everything. Didn't he mention like, don't worry, like there's right. not going to be hoarding of stuff. Which freezing I, wages. Freezing wages, which I guess it makes sense. It's realistic. People can maybe relate to it um, compared to Armageddon, where I, I don't really. Do we wait? What, do we know what I the mean, president's name in that is? <laughs> no, he's just he's just the president. He doesn't have a name. <laughs> And so, Eric, I think I think you're right, but I'm going to push back on one point Ooh. because I think that Tom Beck's response was the right response. I think that going through all those processes, you know, freezing prices, instituting martial law, like when well, a comet is the, coming, the those are the right moves. Instituting martial law was that felt like okay, this shit's real now, right? <laughs> yeah, and and. All of those things are the right thing to do when you have an extinction level event coming. 
Like you need a level of control so that things don't fucking go out of control because you know, a comet is coming to earth. Cause it's going to be real but embarrassing real, if we survive and we all have to look at each other the next day. Right. But this idea of realistic, that's the part that I want to push back on because I don't think that's how an actual president would handle it. I think the actual president would handle it like Armageddon's president, where they would just keep Absolutely. it under wraps until the absolute last fucking moment. And they talk about it a lot in Armageddon where they're yeah. like, nobody's going to know about this. We have eight of the nine telescopes that can see this thing. So we're just going to control all of the information until we absolutely have to. Well, there's the one dude think, that did, who called them in and who had that telescope and was like, I know about this. And they're like, yo, it's top secret. And so like they hushed him up yeah, real quick. Um, but yeah. And then like, yeah. And then there was the argument too about these guys can't go anywhere because no one needs to know what they're doing. When Bruce Wells is like, these guys need a night off for fuck's sake. Let them go get some whatever they were going to do. Yeah. I think that is the absolute way. And I also, too, though, what I love is that what forced the president in this movie was just like the entire continent of Asia getting wiped away. <laughs> that that was what forced the hand, ultimately. It's like the day before this mission's about to go off is Asia is gone. And yeah, I mean, like, but how Eric, pissed would everyone else be? Like, imagine all the other world powers be like, you guys have been sitting on this. You've known about this the whole time, yeah. <laughs> and you just fucking let Asia get wiped away. Do you know how important? Do you know how important Asia is to all of us? Well, what are they the saying? The global all? economy is fucked without <laughs> Asia. Like I don't. You guys are doing a really bad job. How did they explain the, the New York City event in Armageddon? It's a meteor shower. Yeah, just, they they said that's it, one and done. Everyone, just go ahead. And yeah, it, well, it was like we've got plans to prevent the comet itself no but eric i think i think you're absolutely right that while tom bex is the preferred response like that's how you would want a president to handle it like tell us give it to us straight go through the steps to keep it you know sane and reasonable as much as possible instead of just letting asia go <laughs> like also couldn't you have gone through like back channels and told like the security advisors of those countries like about it like just yes, give them a heads you're up leaking it, getting out to the public but like hey we know about this thing like hey china hey japan you're pretty important countries in terms of the global economy like hey maybe you should know about this thing and like, listen no and it's we might not be the coolest with each other but we think you should know this because we need you <laughs> like, yeah. like like we need you to help fight this thing yeah and like to who's to say that like Sorry, I mean, if anyone in, like if China would have been able to do anything to actually help us, you know, combat this thing, like maybe maybe, maybe they had nukes that and you know they could ship up there. I don't know. Well, they did all like, well, oh no, this is deep impact. Where then they were like, all right, last ditch effort, we're just going to shoot a bunch of fucking nu nukes at it. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get everyone else that has their nuclear stockpile, and we're just gonna we're just gonna fire fire away. And then, well, all right, that didn't work. But and like, what's the fallout from that? By the way, just just shooting a bunch of nukes in this. Is it just because it's in space and we're just like, eh? eh. <laughs> no, that's not how that would work at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think, you know, we made it worse. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, you're, okay, you're actually, actually making it worse. We now kind of think we need the comet to hit Earth <laughs> because we need to start. No, over. it is. <laughs> but being, I think, you know, what you're describing there 
just goes to that idea of this being the most fucking American movie of all time. Like, right. It's just like, we're America. We're fucking exceptional. We're going to deal with this all on our own. And None of like, y'all need to know this. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck off. We're so bad at dealing with this shit. It's just, it, it's realistic, unfortunately, is basically where I stand with Armageddon and the governmental response. Oddly enough, Armageddon, the most realistic. <laughs> well, is that when they go to space, fucking all realism goes out the window. I'll, I mean, we'll we'll discuss it, but right. you know, while they're on Earth, I think some of the things that happen, like that's how it actually would go. Those are all real people. Everyone that is in that crew, yeah. those are real people that exist in this country. Mm-hmm. What I do think, though, that both movies showed that no matter how you treat the general public, they're still going to riot. <laughs> like, I, it, it happened either way in Deep Impact. Right. It's a no-win situation. And I think... At so the does it really least... matter? I mean, you should have at least maybe let the other world powers know, like, say, with Armageddon. I think that was a really yeah. important... You, you fucked that up. Yeah, you know what? You got you to give it the time back on this one. Yeah, I mean, he handled it better because what you have to do is you have to just give the information. And people are going to do with it what they will, but at least you've done the right thing. Like, that, that is all you can do in this world, is do the right thing yourself and hope other people will. And, like, I think it shows in Deep Impact that the reasonable, reasonable people are going to take that information and be reasonable. And the pieces of shit are going to be pieces of shit. But which, like you at least have to give the information, which I think that's a very it, that's a very realistic take on I think how the reaction would have gone. But you know now I'm just thinking too in terms of like these comparisons where you know like you, like we're talking about the approach and President Beck is out there. You're going to still pay your taxes. And what would have been really funny is just like you saw the guys from Armageddon pop up and they're like, "No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Never paying taxes again, <laughs> motherfuckers." <laughs> I mean, the end of Deep Impact too, like the government response, I can't imagine the world being okay with that president after saying, hey, we're only going to save 800,000 of you. Oh, wait, nope, never mind. The world's okay. We kind of lost New York a little bit in the East Coast, but I'm your president still. I don't know, but like, <laughs> I, 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 right, it, it's not going to fly. Like, re-election is going to be tough, even though I still think he navigated it well. You can't blame Tom Beck for anything that happened in that movie. Like, he did the best that he could. Well, no, the election but, is going to be tough, but because people are going to blame him somehow. But, like, well, they're just going to be. What do you want him to do? All they're going to say is be like, look at what he did. He only let a million of us stay, pre selected 200,000 of them, so realistically, only 800,000. But, I mean. That's humanity. The, you got to save the human race. They had two I, flamingos. I, I guess. I mean, I it's, it's the painful truth, maybe, for some of them. Like, sorry, you really aren't that essential. Yeah, you're not fucking worth it. Deal with it. Like, I don't... <laughs> Too soon. And then you randomly select the other ones. Like, I kind of actually... Who am I to say you that that's the, the wrong response? Yeah. Fuck else are you going to do? And listen, like, deep impact in terms of what I would want to happen, the governmental response is... They, they win for that. But in terms of realistically what would actually happen, Armageddon wins because that's how America would handle this shit. Because we <laughs> suck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at how we did with this pandemic. We did great. Guys, um, it's a hoax, and it's going to be over when the election happens, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I don't know which election. <laughs> I guess we didn't specify which never, election. Yeah, it was never specified. But that's the thing. It's like, look, just look at the pandemic. We kept it under wraps for two months. It was actually... And then as soon as Tom Hanks and Rudy Gobert get it, it's like, oh, shit, that's out of the bag. Let's be real. What the fuck? It, it was when Tom Hanks got it that everyone was like, oh, fuck. 
Like, well, Tom Hanks and Rudy Gobert got it on the same day. That was the day that they're like, "Oh, hey, this is a real thing." Which Instead one do you think? Like the two months before yeah. that, people were just what pissed. are we doing? People were just pissed at Rudy Gobert. Rightfully Tom- so, he was being a dick about he it. He was being a dick about it. But Tom Hanks, like, they were like, "Don't you, don't you, don't fuck with him. Don't you do that." That is a, that is a national treasure. <laughs> our our response to the pandemic just shows like Armageddon is realistic. Unfortunately. <laughs> Tom Beck wins this round, uh, you know, so we're, we're going to move on to the next one. For the next topic, we're going to talk a little bit about the comets themselves. Now, Eric, you started looking into this a little bit because I think we were all kind of fascinated, or at least you and I were. I did, especially since we saw Armageddon yesterday morning and Deep Impact yeah. last night. Um, so it was still kind of fresh. I guess the things that stand out to me is in Armageddon, they said it was the size of Texas. Uh, Deep Impact was the size of New York. And as far as the, I guess the conditions, they're, they're fairly similar, but the impact that it would have on the world were very different. Um, specifically, Armageddon said if it hit in the ocean, which it probably would, it would have a wave a couple miles high. I think specifically- Did they say three? Three, 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 three miles high. Three miles, three miles high. high. Three miles high. And I was like, damn, okay, that's like legit. That's pretty scary. And then last night when we saw Deep Impact, they said it was- a hundred feet high. Yeah. So, I, like, right? so, so the fact that, yeah, I mean, no, you're right. And so that's what I think is interesting in terms of the fact that Deep Impact was supposed to rely on it being a drama. Yet here comes fucking Michael Bay being like, oh, I'll give you drama. This thing's three. This thing is the size of Texas. Fuck New York. Yeah. You know, just go big. Go big or go home. And I think Michael Bay definitely went big. That is Michael Bay's entire ethos is go big or go home. And I dig it. Good like for it. Michael Bay. I like it. it. It makes it more exciting, you know, uh, a lot more scary. And you can't, yeah, it raises the stakes. Yeah, you can't avoid it by riding your uh, motorcycle up a hill, for example. <laughs> like, that was, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> with, with the new infant that was just handed Maybe. to you. Yeah. 16 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not the infant, the kids. Right. So, I mean, 100 feet versus three miles, like, I mean, obviously the one in Armageddon is just going to be so much more devastating. Like, no wonder they're just like in that one. Yeah. Forget about nuclear winter. This is just going to kill us all. Yeah. I mean, it just raises the stakes so incredibly high where there is no solution. Like, there is no, let's put a million people underground and try and save humanity for the future. Like, It's this or it's nothing. Like, this mission has to be successful or everything is gone. So, like, as a plot device, Armageddon just does such a great job of making the audience understand that, like, this is it. There is no fucking plan B. This is all we have is sending these fucking oil drillers onto this comet. And, like, yes, there are issues with the fucking logic of that, but, like, in terms of a movie and making it entertaining and making like the audience just feel exactly what's at stake, like Armageddon just fucking knocks it out of the park. Absolutely. And I think also like the actual comet itself, there were some similarities, but also a lot of differences. I liked how in Deep Impact, they were kind of racing against the sun, right? Mm -hmm. Because once the sun hit it, they were just going to like boil. Um, I know that in Armageddon, they did say it was going to be like negative 200 at night, uh, above 200 during the day, but they weren't very 
Like, they didn't seem very scared about that. No, they were just chilling. Yeah. Although Owen Wilson did have one of my favorite lines by asking what the That's environment the was like. the best line of the movie. And he says, scariest environment imaginable. <laughs> okay, yep, you could have just said, scariest environment imaginable. Thanks. Thanks, I that would have done it. I completely agree. Yeah. That one, and then when Billy Bob Thornton, when the president's asking about the comet, and this fucking nerdy guy, like, comes on, he's like, it's about nine million, he's like, the size of Texas. It's the size of Texas. <laughs> Great. Now we're all on the same he page. He just understands how to like deliver this message to the president because this guy's about to throw some numbers at him. The president's going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And Billy Bob Thornton just size of Texas. Boom. Yeah. I love it. It's fucking excellent. Size of Texas. Just bring it. And the one thing too that I think about these two movies is that with arm. So on Deep Impact, obviously you were on it. That really dramatic moment where the guy loses his fucking sight. <laughs> yep which, that one. which by the way really felt for that guy i would want nothing to do with what that guy experienced that sounded terrible same with john favreau though because he's just out there just floating in space for eternity i guess at this stage yeah well yeah i mean his body still is but his soul is long gone like, well right he, he died i'm just saying like <laughs> as, a, as a as a physical specimen like yeah you're out there yes john favreau is still in space um Rest in peace, john favreau <laughs> But see, I didn't really care that much because, again, there's not much character background or development. I, I was cared like, right. because it was John Favreau. Exactly. Well, yeah. So, but like, <sighs> that's well, so. But with with the two with the two comets, though. So you are on there, obviously, for Deep Impact. But with Armageddon, you like, I felt like we were like living on there. Like I, in terms of just like you really got to know the comet itself. Like fucking Ben Affleck's just trying to figure out how to tr- like go through, like just to get back, which miraculously he does. And twenty five um, miles away, they're twenty five miles away. It's crazy. That is absolutely yeah. absurd. That that just that whole that whole plot point is 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 ridiculous. But um, no, you just got to know like it's gonna sound real weird, like the contours of this of this uh, of this comet. So I that that too, like you somehow had a weird physical connection to the comet. No, for sure, and I think it goes back to that point of the the script and the plot of Armageddon is so streamlined that. Everything is in service of this mission. There aren't five different plots going on. Yeah. So, like, you can spend a lot of time on the comet and develop the comet as a character almost. Whereas, you know, you're spending so much time with all these other plot lines in Deep Impact that the comet is just like this scary thing. But, like, it's, it's the not existential really part scary. of it that you're dealing with, like, throughout. Yeah, exactly. And like Armageddon, it's like you get to know it. Like you said, it's like it's the size of Texas. It's the scariest environment imaginable. And then you spend an hour and 15 minutes of the movie on this fucking comet. Like how much of Deep Impact is actually on the comet? Like 10 minutes? Yeah, because the rest of it, they're just inexplicably still in space. They're just like hanging out out there. Like, why are you still out there? It's just not very efficient in terms of its use of like time and plot and drama. Like it's, yeah. it's just it, it, it dropped the ball in a lot of places. I feel like. So obviously in this round we got to give it to Armageddon. We got to really know the comet. So yeah, for sure, there it is. And uh, I think what we now really want to get to now is is talking about the method in terms of how they were going to address this whole fucking situation. Right. So, so the setup was the exact same. You know, they yeah. both had this plan that let's land a spaceship on this thing and let's nuke it. It was always and, a nuclear, which now brings me to the thought, seriously, is that all we got? Like, is is that, is, do they both know, like these, these writers and directors know something we don't where like, 
in terms of like a fallback plan, if we were supposed to actually face this, our country's response is, I don't know, nuke it. What else? What do we do? I don't know. Well, <laughs> see, that's the thing. And so in Armageddon, you know, Billy Bob Thornton does a really good job of explaining like, hey, I only have a million dollar budget, so I didn't know about this thing. And he's like, I have enough to look at 3% of the sky. And sorry, sir, but it's a big fucking sky. Yeah, I love and that so, line. so, like, and it, it's a great line. And it actually says something like, in order to observe and really know about these things, like, NASA needs a budget to do that and come up with plans. When we have, like, two weeks, or in this case, I think it's 18 days to deal with this. Yeah, like, yeah. I think a nuke is about as good as we got. Like, if we knew about it way far in advance, you could shoot lasers at it and just slowly knock it off the path. But like, you need to know about it like months and months and months in advance in order for that plan to work. Like if you have 18 days, yeah, nuke is about all we have. (laughs) So much like night of the twisters was a PSA about what to do in the event of a tornado and what safety precautions you can take. Armageddon is low key a PSA about basically advocating for you know a good amount of funding for NASA, a sufficient amount of of, of funding for NASA, a well funded yeah, NASA. Commentary. Low key commentary on the government's lack of respect for science. Fucking bullshit. Was it one million dollars? You said that's it. One million dollar budget is what they said for like observing these uh, extraterrestrial objects that, that could hit Earth. That like, seems that's not enough. Very low to me. Very low. I yeah. yeah, I would I would agree with you. Where where we were was we were talking about how <laughs> the spaceships are going to land on this comet and nuke it. And the only difference is like in deep impact they're like I'm going to just place a nuke on it. Right. And in Armageddon they well, understand a- that you need to get to the core of this thing to really right. like have have an impact on this asteroid or on this comet in order to do anything to it. Like but, you can't just let it off the surface. But there was a bit of drilling going on in deep impact. They ran into the same problem. Yeah. They in, ran into very similar problems where they just couldn't go deep enough. And then we had that scene where the guy fucking went down into the cave while chaos was occurring yeah. above him. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. And you know, basically they have the same exact plan, but again, Armageddon just handles it so much better. Like you sent four or five guys, you sent one mission up to take on this comet. Like you right. got two ships and only you got fully stacked like with oil drillers and astronauts. Right. Like, you have a cosmonaut on board. There's, it, it just does a better job of like, we need more to take on this comet. It can't be five fucking guys in one ship. That's not, that's not how this is going to work. Well, And I also thought they made a very good point in Armageddon where I don't know if it was, um, if it was Bruce Willis's character that that kind of pointed it out, if Harry was just like looked at him and be like, "Yeah, all you NASA guys, that's great and everything, but you don't know how to fucking drill." Yeah, it was because yeah, it was when he's like, "I need my team," and then we did the what is it, the A team montage, just like assemble the team, and uh, yeah. but you know, best part of any movie, right? Exactly. But I think that is a very good point though, and and it was the flaw in the Deep Impact plan. They just sent up a bunch of you know a bunch of astronauts and they at least recognize an arm again. I'm like, we need to diversify a little bit. We need to, uh, yeah. we need to get a little more creative with this and know that we need to get in there for this thing. Like, you know, like they said to split it in half. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to just ignore because this is a perfect time to bring this up. Mm-hmm. 
the Ben Affleck commentary track on the DVD. This thing goes down oh. in legend. Yeah, have you, have you ever seen it? No, I've never heard of it. I don't own it. Oh, man. We got to, you can find it on YouTube. We'll post it on our website, but this thing is fucking incredible. Basically, Ben Affleck is hammered <laughs> recording this DVD commentary with Michael Bay. And he's like, you know, Michael, no one ever explained to me why it was easier to train drillers to be an astronaut rather than astronauts to drill. And Michael Bay is basically <laughs> just like, fuck up. <laughs> That's a great point. That's actually a really good question. No, it is. And, you know, I think one of the things, and, you know, that is a point against Armageddon. But at the same time, I actually tend to agree that, like, they, they explain in the movie that, like, drilling is all about feel and, like, knowing it. And you just can't do that in 17 days. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know how to drill. I, I have no experience with this. Right. But I think, like, the time, I think the time constraint that's placed upon this mission kind of answers that question that, like, right. You can't really do either very well. So, like, let's just go with the drillers because this is going to be a more fun plot line. And the characters are exactly what it is. The characters are definitely a hell of a lot more fun. Right. And it takes, it takes the tension, like, the tension and deep impact from the mission is about this old guy going on the mission and not really being able to handle it. Could care less. (laughs) Exactly. But the tension in Armageddon is built upon these drillers versus, like, the serious astronauts. And like that character tension on the on the comet, just that that makes the it makes an already incredibly serious situation that more tense and like that more, you know, gripping in terms of like watching the film. I think when Steve Buscemi started just like shooting, like he lost it. Well, they said he had space dimension, which I don't know if that's a thing. That is that we uh, yeah, that's not a thing. I don't believe. Yeah, (laughs) but well, it's just another one of those things where they're just like taking a plot point and then someone says something convincingly and then the audience is just like oh yeah space dimension totally let's yeah. just move on and i know both like, of those words i know what they mean we we oddly had uh the same reaction though i think like uh, we the word to where joey's like wait is space dimension thing we we're all like yeah i was thinking about that no and then someone looked yeah then joey looked it up and he was just like yeah it's it's not a real thing that's that's not something that exists <laughs> no but like it does this in the movie where it's just like, that's not totally an important point. So someone just explains it with like a one-liner and like, let's get back to the important things here. Right. What was the last ditch effort? I forget exactly what that was. I, I think at this point, I just stopped caring about what was happening in Deep Impact, but they, they're, they're going to fly their jet right into it? Or is it just like... They had four nukes right. on board. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, were they just flying into it full speed and just having it explode on impact? No. Yeah, and basically yeah. just trying to deflect it off course ever so slightly. That's what I thought, yeah. Which, like, so then that, it was just so like, that's it? it? That's what it took? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I guess you want to save the lights of the astronauts, but, like, let's just do that from day one. Yeah. Could we have done that remotely? Could we have sent four nukes at the same time from Earth and just pointed it at the comet? Might have been the shuttle, too. That was important. Like, that sort of also combustible object. Yeah, I mean... For me, like the missions were the exact same. It's just so much better in Armageddon because you spend so much more time yeah. with the mission. And you understood so it. Many... It was a lot more clear as to what the objective was and what we were doing. We all knew 800 feet. Like we all were there with the drama of 800 feet. And when we weren't getting there, because again, I was on this comet with them. Um, yep. We just knew that we're in trouble here. 
Right. And that's the thing is like the, the tension and the action that's taking place on the comet is so good and so gripping that you just can forget about all the wildly inaccurate shit that's going on. Like, let's, let's take this into account for a second. We're in space. There is no air in space. And without air, you can't have fire. Yet there's fucking explosions everywhere. Everywhere. There's a lot of fire that's an issue there, too. Like, we ran into a lot of problems that involve fire out there. Exactly. And it's not like this comet has an atmosphere. So, like, we're not meant to believe. But, like, while you're watching the movie, you just don't give a shit because it's just like, this is fucking awesome. This is gripping. I don't care about the scientific inaccuracies. And, like, you know, I studied all this stuff in college and like I taught it to kids and I'm just like, I don't care. Like that's not what this movie is about. This movie is about these dudes trying to fucking save the planet. So I don't care about all this other wildly inaccurate shit that's happening. I don't. I didn't care so much that I didn't even consider it. I didn't think of it either. Nope. I was, I guess I was watching it like a magic show. Like I don't care how the trick is being done. I'm just enjoying my time right now. It was kind of a magic exactly. show. And that's the brilliant thing about Armageddon that like you're so engrossed in what's happening that all the other shit, it's just like it, it, you don't even think about it. And like it's completely an afterthought. Like while I'm watching it, I'm not thinking about those things and being like, that's stupid. That's stupid. It's just like I'm fucking here for this. And that's the amazing thing about Armageddon is it just like takes you away, completely brings you into the story and nothing else really matters for that you know, two and a half hours. You're just like in. And that's what I fucking love about it. So I think it's safe to say third round goes to Armageddon pretty handedly. This is a 10, eight. Oh, yeah. just, it was yeah, 10, eight, easy. It's just, it's dominant it's, performance by Armageddon in this round. I mean, I don't know if, could I give it a 10, seven? I don't know because I'm not a judge. I don't, I don't, there have are no those, judges. There There's are no, no judges. No. no. Well, we are the judges. Oh, we are the judges. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know the criteria in terms of how they do it with mixed martial arts. But yeah, I mean, just seen a 10 you, you, you cared more. It was a, a more flawlessly executed approach in terms of explaining the method to destroy it. And when you, when you, you had the assembled team in terms of casualties too, one to the entire team, I think that's pretty good. Well, actually, I'm sorry. There were previous, there was a few other people that died in, Actually, you know what? I know I was trying to wrap it up, but I do think it was interesting because I don't remember this when I was a kid. And I I guess I watched it on TV and it must have been edited out. The pilots in the one that crashed that Ben Affleck was on were like, you know, with um, they just I didn't understand. I didn't know they got sucked out (laughs) and hit the windshield on the other uh, and hit the the windshield of the other one. I don't remember that as a scene when I was younger. It's emotional, but that's the thing is like they just. They kind of. Uh, oh, I didn't care about that. it so quickly in the movie. Yeah, they, they they also scurry past it. It's like, oh, they're dead, but then it's on to the next plot point, which is how do we get this fucking armadillo, and how do we drive twenty five miles across an unmapped asteroid to get to the other part? Like, they. Yeah. It, it, it's not an important point. It, it, it's it goes back to that sense of like, that's not what this movie about. This movie yeah. is about this. So, like, yes, we have to show it real quick, but what's important here is Ben Affleck getting on this armadillo and driving it, and then that's what the focus becomes. And then using the atmosphere that he was in, which is none, and uh, able to figure it out to get back to them by launching it into the air. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, you just don't care. It's yeah. like, this is fucking <laughs> exciting. Like, I don't care how unrealistic 
it's just it fucking rules. Anyways, part of me did question it, but then again, yeah, I was just fuck I was it. just rolling with it. Uh, let's for the sake of not poking any more holes in it and trying to describe why it won, it fucking won because it was just awesome. It was a better execution of it all. Round three, easily ten seven round, uh, goes to Armageddon. We're gonna talk about an interesting plot point that was in both movies, which is the sacrifices made for the the budding young love and just wanting to see it grow more between these two young lovers. In Deep Impact, you have Eli Wood's character, and I think her name is Lily Sobieski. Her character, they are young, they are in love. Because Eli Wood's character is important, because he kind of discovered this whole thing, he gets a place in in the bunker that's going to save humanity. Yep. And so he pulls some strings to try and get the families and his girlfriend's family into the bunker. But some shit goes down. The parents can't come. Ultimately, the parents sacrifice themselves and say, hey, take the girlfriend, take our baby, go to the bunker, live long and prosper, essentially. Take this newborn. You just got married. You're going to have to figure this one out. You have no choice. Yeah, Leo, Leo yeah. didn't have as much juice as he thought he did, it seemed. Yeah. Now, Leo Biederman, not not as much juice. And then in Armageddon, you have Ben Affleck, his character, AJ. He draws the short straw so that he would have to stay behind and set off the nuke, ultimately sacrificing himself. But Harry pulls one over on everybody and pushes him back onto the spaceship and then does it himself. Well, takes out his oxygen. <laughs> takes out his yeah. oxygen and yeah. pushes, pushes well, him right back in. He's got to disable him from fighting, so he just you know, fuck that, yanks it real quick. He's real smart. And then pushes him back onto the spaceship and sets it off himself, partly because he's finally gotten around to the idea of his daughter being in love. And so he sacrifices himself so that he doesn't break his daughter's heart and that his family can continue with AJ and his daughter. So those are the two setups. And Beam, go to, go to your creepiness point. What, what, what's the deal? Well, I mean, I think it's a fair point to bring up, but Leo and Sarah are like, what, is it 16? I think around that age. Right? Yeah, so, 15, 16. Yeah, which, like, that's cute and everything. I am I can get into that. It's the part that where it goes awry is, is, is when they get married. So he can bring them into, so he can bring her and her whole family, or oh, try and pull the strings to get her whole family into Noah's Ark. Um, is that legal, by the way? Is is it legal to get he, married at sixteen? I don't know. Maybe in the what they're in. What state were they in? I think with parent parental permission, I think it's allowed. Okay. I don't know much about marital law, but I think with parental permission, just like you can get a tattoo under eighteen if you have parental permission. That's the way I look at it. That's fascinating. Um. Anyways, they get married, and then as Corey mentioned earlier, they're just given a baby. They're giving they're giving the baby so the baby can survive. So it's like, hey, you just got married and now you got a kid that you didn't even have or conceive at age sixteen, I guess. And that whole part is just it's a really weird plot point. And you have no parents now because we're gonna die. So right. No, yeah, they're they're definitely go. gonna die. Because they do. I don't know. That yeah, whole that whole thing, the focus on that is just I just thought a really weird thing to include in this and for to give to make us feel emotional and bring us into the storyline. It just I thought that was a really weird 
kind of tool that was being used there. Maybe just leave out the child. Like if there was no baby involved. I still think the marriage thing is weird. The marriage is still weird, but yeah. No, for sure. I think when you look at this and when you compare the two, what you ultimately have to ask is like, how long do the respective relationships that were saved last after the movie's over? Because when you're looking at AJ and Grace in Armageddon, that relationship is going away. There is no way that their love feels very pure. Their love feels very real. And now AJ is beholden to the guy who saved the earth forever. So there's no way he can ever break off that relationship. These kids are 16. They have a kid. I was going to say they got essentially what amounts to a green card marriage. Yeah. That, that that's lasting two weeks max. Like there's no way that relationship lasts. It's just, it's not, it's nonsense. Oh, there's no way. I mean, for one, the other pair are adults. Uh, yeah, they're adults. They can handle this a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. They, they've and, only been together for five months, though, Grace and AJ. So yeah. that is something to keep in mind. That's not a long time. But with everything that Well, they've known happened, each other for, I think, quite some time from, from what it... From they've what known each other understand. forever, but they, they just got together in five months. And Eric, you are right about that. But, like, they're adults. Everything that's just happened is going to bring them together. I believe in that relationship. Yep. <laughs> the, the the Toby how much of that Beerman, how like, much of that is because because you because I'm a huge because you love fan? Ben Affleck uh, a fucking fair portion but like cast <laughs> the right actors to make me believe it I don't I don't know what you want me to say make them the right age um yeah make so them like, an acceptable I age that, I think that like when you just look at how long these relationships are gonna last like that's the only question you have to ask yourself and I don't see. The relationship of these two 16-year-old kids who now have a baby that they have to take care of, that is not going well. No. It, it, no way. I mean, the, no it, way. just including the trauma that Sarah must be going through at this stage. She just lost both of her parents, now has to take care of her sibling. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a boy or a girl, but Jesus Christ, that's a, that's, that is a lot in terms of like, you just got married. Now you're tied to this guy. You're only with his family. So now you just got to always see like, oh, this is, I guess, my mom and dad now. Um, that's just too much. There's no way that thing's going to no, last. Like, I'll give it more than two weeks, how, though. Maybe like a month. All right. But yeah, maybe. But like, it's not lasting long. Like how long before she starts to blame Toby for not being able to save her parents? You mean Leo? Not very long. Is just, are you just thinking about Toby from West Wing and just because he's he's in it? I think so. I think that's what's happening. Leo, my bad. <laughs> How long I mean, I'm with you. I'd rather his Leo. name be Toby. I'd rather actually Richard Schiff's name should just be Toby from now on. Actually, you know what I'm doing, and this is something I've done like throughout my life mm-hmm. is Eli Wood and Toby McGuire are like the same person in my mind. <laughs> so I'm calling him Toby because <laughs> I think they're the same person. I that's that. even and that's I do it all better. the fucking time, and it's because. They were like Lord of the Rings and Spider-Man were both like a big deal in the same time period. And they were both in it. Like I just, I confuse them all the time. That's, that's what I'm doing in my head. But either way, Leo Biederman, like it takes three weeks max before she starts to blame him for the death of her parents. Like, why couldn't you save them? They're not emotionally equipped to handle this shit. No way. I just don't believe it. I don't know. What do you think, Eric? I mean, I agree. I think we can keep talking about it for a while, but yeah, it is kind of weird that, you know, they're young, they have a child now, world's ending, probably not going to go well. And I know this might be off topic, but I do like the connection with the older gentleman in Deep Impact with the guy that lost his vision. 
because there was that really heartfelt scene mm. in it that mm-hmm. it, i mean it wasn't like young love or anything but it was love as like hey i'm like a senior here and you're a scared kid and i want to help you make you feel good so i'm going to read you moby dick and yeah well that, that was also the guy too that was being like a dick like what are you doing here old man yeah so that was just that was just that's a nice scene. That, that scene that that scene that is scene was comparable good. to the harry aj scene you're you're absolutely yeah. right so that's a great point i think so when we were watching this though so we all know the infamous scene which by the way i think the one thing we do need to bring up here is I mean, because it's it's that famous scene of 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 uh, AJ and and uh, Harry and Grace. Grace. They're out in the field playing with the the whole animal cracker scene, whether the cra- whether it's a cracker or a cookie, and then we do the whole playing out nature scene where he's like, "Do I go to the breasts or do I go to the vagina?" Sort of thing. Where we're doing that kind of innuendo. The one thing though, it's that obviously it's it, playing in the background is Aerosmith, Steven Tyler, written you know I'm assuming lyrics. I don't want to miss a thing, which another point that we did bring up, though, while watching this yesterday, and I think Joey and I kind of both thought about it, and then I think you said it, too. This was basically just like a music video for various different Aerosmith songs. The whole thing is like soundtrack to Aerosmith. Yeah, it's a series of music videos. It's also a great BMW commercial (laughs) when they pan away and it's just this BMW and they're dancing in like moonlight together, like greatest BMW commercial of all time. and. It is, it's a crazy scene, and there's a lot of psychosexual things going on between Steven Tyler and Liv Tyler. Yeah. Both in that scene where he's soundtracking this animal cracker thing with a lot of sexual innuendo. In the past, Aerosmith used Liv Tyler constantly in their music videos. There's just a lot of weird stuff, and then it's kind of mimicked by Harry Stamper's relationship with his daughter. Where like he just walks in and is having a conversation while she's like under the sheets and just had sex. Like, there's just a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. He he did go and watch them as he was uh, as AJ was like taking off her bra and stuff, and he he was was, like creeping from the corners. And I'm like, all right, don't stay. Well, that's where they got engaged. Yeah, but it, it just was a little awkward, you know. Oh yeah, no, I felt real weird. That was a real kind of voyeuristic scene that I thought was a little bit odd and that I forgot was a thing that made me feel uncomfortable. But, you know. He did walk away. He did. I mean, I don't know. What's worse, 16-year-olds or your dad watching you get nearly fucked but really proposed to? I don't know, man. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of weird weird stuff there. And but yeah. the relationship, AJ and Grace, like, I believe, I believe in that relationship 100%. Well, and then, you know, and with that scene, the animal cracker scene, which also is iconic. Like, let's be real about that. Like, everyone knows that that scene. But Joey kind of said this out loud, our friend Joe Donlin, when we were watching it yesterday, when obviously he tucks the animal cracker into her into her panties, I don't think he ever took that out. <laughs> so then we just go on in this scene where I, I kind of feel like at this stage, that woman's just got in her underwear, an animal cracker just kind of doing whatever it's doing at that stage. I don't know where it's traveling to, but I mean, that's got to be uncomfortable. That's why she was so upset later in the movie. She was crying <laughs> and yelling. And- <laughs> I got this fucking animal cracker here. Like, what the hell is going on? So I think what, we, what we've settled on, though, is, is, is that Armageddon, Armageddon wins this round as well. They, they just pulled off the Young Love uh, plot line very well. The sacrifice for Young Love, at least the, the scenes that occur, uh, much better 
than than deep impact. And we feel very good about that relationship moving forward. Right, exactly. Yes. We feel like that one's going to last. So yeah, another sure. round, think- another 10-7 round maybe for Armageddon here? I'd give this one 10-8. I think Eric brought up a good point that gets a point back for deep impact, even though it's not the main one, but still, still a good point to bring up. I'll give it 10-8. All right, moving on to our deliberations. Uh, let's let's start with you, Eric. We're uh, I mean, I know we kind of said at the beginning who who we think would win, but you know, we had to go through and really kind of pick between these connections that exist and who did it better. Now that we've reached the end here, who do you think did it better in terms of coping with an oncoming comet? Well, I would say the the two movies are very similar, but are also very different. For example, you know, action adventure Armageddon drama sci-fi for um well you can't just uh, subscribe labels to it and just go based off of that come on that's what ron tomatoes did that's what i'm looking at <laughs> i guess for me i liked just like we talked about every point i think armageddon kind of won it just had my attention i was more uh into the character development i understood what the plot was and there weren't all these side things kind of distracting from it just just out with it man you said it before you fucking hated Deep Impact. I don't like Deep Impact. I didn't. I don't think I smiled once. I was like, okay, here's here's my part. Here's, here, no, here's my point. I think Armageddon. It's just good. Like anyone can watch it. Deep Impact. You kind of. You really have to pay attention. You have to be like just really involved in the situation. Whereas Armageddon, you kind of just like no, put your feet up and watch it and like just enjoy the show. I don't know. I thought like you actually needed to pay attention to the information to be able to also get the drama in Armageddon. Whereas with Deep Impact, eh, not really. <laughs> it yeah. was it was more like it just it just doesn't do a good job of conveying the drama like it's just not a successful movie for what it's trying to do like good dramas bring you in and you care like spotlight spotlight is a heavy drama but it all based on reporting because- it's all based on the reporting process which is amazing yeah but it's like it's a great drama because it still brings you in and makes you feel it so like it's just not very good at what it's doing, ultimately. Right. I felt nothing. When people died, I felt nothing. At the end, I felt nothing. <laughs> like, when Bruce Willis was dying, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, right. Yeah. No. No. Like, what else? There's got to be another way. There's got to be something else. And then in Deep Impact, when they're like, well, we can blow it up with the four nukes, but we won't be going back to Earth. I was like, all right, well, do it then. Obviously, <laughs> that's the move, right? That, so, uh, Armageddon is my choice. I mean, I will say... Sort of similarly, though, with Armageddon, like like you said, when all these people died in 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 Deep Impact, like the mass amount of people that all of Asia, number one, like the entire continent of Asia, and I'm half Chinese, is gone. It didn't even impact me. I, I know yeah. you didn't feel a goddamn thing. Um, yeah, you didn't react to that at all. You were like, oh no, it's weird though. But like in Armageddon, though, because it happens there too. Like we, we there's a couple things where like we see mass destruction of civilization. Um, Little Richie, the dog in the beginning. Oh my god! Right? Dude, yeah, that, you gotta hate that. You know? Yeah, Jesus. yeah. But I th- felt like the when you just you saw the, like a mass amount of life loss, like in Armageddon, you still didn't really care. It's when you like you fucked with Bruce Willis, and I would also argue Owen Wilson. I cared a little more. Yeah. So I hear you. All right, Corey. What are you thinking? I mean, I think it's fairly obvious. It's Armageddon for me. I mean, it's the most entertaining most silly movie and it's just fun but at the same time it has this remarkable way of making you care like when i was 12 years old and i first saw this movie i cried in the theater when i saw harry stamper die and then when that last scene where william fickner 
the astronaut character comes up and he's like, I want to shake the hand of the daughter of the bravest man I've ever knew. Like just fucking waterworks. And I'm like, that fucking hit. And that like, was so I good. Have, like you really felt that line. You felt that line hard. And so while it's the silly action movie, like it still makes you care a lot more than like the dramatic film. So like Armageddon is just way better. I have a tremendous personal connection to it. Like the first slow dance I've ever had was in seventh grade to I don't want to miss a thing. Um, Who was that with? <laughs> it was with, well, I'm not going to just shout her out, but her, her name was oh, Julie. Right. It was in seventh grade. It was great. And like, I just have a tremendous personal connection to Armageddon and it's just far superior. Like I saw them both when I was a kid and I've now seen Armageddon like hundreds of times. I, I just watched that movie constantly because it's just so enjoyable and deep impact. Like I returned to it for the first time because we were doing this president podcast before. And like, that was about it. I've watched it two or three times and it just doesn't stick with me at all. So Armageddon just has to be the winner here. So I'm going to have to be in agreement. Of course, I think we knew this from the outset as well. I'll, I'll, you know, although I agree with president Tom Beck's approach, of course, and I do really think that we can give that a 10, eight round actually for the, for, for the second round there. Um, it, it went around deep impact one around one, a round. All right. Maybe 10, nine. Because there was some shady shit that was done sort yeah. of in the process. But no, Armageddon, obviously, I'm, same deal. I saw that when I was a kid. Fucking loved it. Um, I still remember the first time I saw it. I will literally watch it immediately after we're done with this podcast. I will watch that yeah. movie on just repeat maybe for the rest of the day. Sarah's not going to get home for a while. But yeah, no, it just it has everything to do with the cast. Everything just like Steve Buscemi's character and Owen Wilson just bringing... All of the comedy, like in Dude, that. Bear, too. Bear, it was fucking phenomenal. I, like, his line of just like, hey, just trying to help someone out. Like, basically trying to, like, stop Harry from shooting AJ with uh, with a fucking shotgun, which, that was a lot. That was a, that, that, that was a wild scene as well. But, no, it's, it's Armageddon, man. Just, there's so much you can remember for it. It's, it's almost kind of like what Sarah said about Twister. It does almost feel like a universal ride, too. Like, you were just on the ship with them on the comet with them you were you were there for every step of the way such a fucking awesome movie. i agree man and one thing too which we uh we mentioned last night is armageddon you can watch that now and it looks great yeah everything looks yeah. great um well it's fucking michael Bay. deep impact we watched it and it's dated it looks like it, it looks was made dated. in the 90s yeah. yeah no i i would agree with that i, I completely agree with you guys and like it, it just comes down to Armageddon knows what it's trying to do. Mm -hmm. It's trying to entertain you. So it's got the comedy. It's got the action. It gets the heartstrings pulled at the end. Like it has all those parts and deep impact is trying to be this serious drama looking at like the human condition in the face of an apocalypse. And you just end up not caring. So it's just not very effective at what it's trying to do. Armageddon does everything that it's trying to do. But what if they had the same budget? Like what if, you know, Deep Impact had nah. what, it was 160 million or something like yeah. the same that Armageddon. They could get bigger star power. They could put more towards special effects. I don't think anything would have helped that movie, though. That's the thing is it doesn't require a big budget because it's not doing the same thing. It's yeah. looking to be human drama. And if you're looking to be that, then just do that better. Like, it's, Which you it's can. Kind of a, yeah. The, the, like, doesn't have a huge budget. If you're trying to be this human drama, like, don't send a mission to try and, like, that should be going on in the background if that's what you're trying to do. 
or if you're trying to be the action movie about like destroying the asteroid, then do that. And that's what Armageddon does. Like Deep Impact doesn't know what it is. Deep Impact. Try- Deep Impact is deeply confused. Yeah, it's deeply confused, and Armageddon knows exactly what it wants to do, and it does it, and it fucking just works completely. It's a it's a tremendous movie. Well, you know, really, what we should have done, if 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 only Deep Impact had a better corner, maybe someone would have thrown in the towel for it. But it was it was a pretty easy win here, a pretty dominant win, I would say here by Armageddon. I know there was the one round for for Deep Impact, but it was this is as close to a knockout without being a knockout as you could possibly be. This is Amanda Nunez versus Felicia Spencer. This is a completely <laughs> dominant fucking performance by Armageddon. I don't know. Like, it, it, it almost, it almost feels like a fight where like you watched and you're like, this could have been stopped at several moments. There are dude, several. It kept, going. it kept going. Like it was almost like it was fun in the beginning. And then it was like, Oof, God, it's just getting wrecked. Yeah. But uh, anyways, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, after five rounds, the judges have come to a decision. And winner. By unanimous decision, but probably should have been a knockout. Armageddon! Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Corey, because I'm always going to fuck it up, what are the social media handles that everyone should follow us on, even though I created them? On Instagram, at BackPorchMedia. Twitter at Porchback Media, and then we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Deezer, we're on all these things. Check us out, follow us, rate us, all that good stuff. Subscribe so you know when the episodes come out. Um, we're going to do more of these again. We're going to figure it out. There's going to be, I think, some cool surprises that we'll have in store in terms of how we're going to continue to do this, but we'll get to that later. Thank you, everyone, so much. Thank you, Eric, for joining us. And Thanks for having me. Absolutely. For, for lending your, your, your thoughts and, and, and the research that you did on really the, the size of the meteor. I thought that was nice. Anyways, thank you so much, everyone. Tune in next time. See you, everybody. See ya.